0: And joining us now to discuss all of this is a man who has advised Presidents Trump and Clinton. He also has an amazing new bestselling book out. It is called The Return. Dick Morris, great to have you here on The Rita Cosby Show.
1: But, but don't leave out my favorite part of the book, the subtitle, Trump's Big 2024 Comeback
0: yeah and we're going to definitely talk about that because i think that that's very much the reason that the democrats have been throwing barbs because just yeah. as you were predicting dick um but the vitriol has been unbelievable not just against president trump obviously because they are worried about 2024 But also, just in general, there was a new comment that came out recently from Matthew Dowd. He was on MSNBC. And he basically said, you know, for the GOP to be focusing on inflation and the economy, he equated it to the Nazi Party in the 1930s. How outrageous.
1: Mm. 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 Terrible. I think any references to the Nazi Party are wrong, even if they're somewhat accurate, like when you described the Justice Department these days. There's nothing equivalent to the Holocaust and nothing should even be put in the same sentence.
0: I agree. Why do you think it is that the Democrats are really resorting to, you know, if you talk about crime, um, like Larry Krasner basically said, the GOP that's criticizing him and his, you know, pretty dismal record on crime, well, they're racist. And then Matthew Dowd saying, well, they're Nazis. Why do you think the Democrats are resorting to just such intense name calling?
1: Well, uh, there's nothing else really for them to say. Uh, you're not going to get out there and defend crime or say that inflation is not a problem or that uh, or that it's good that people are coming across the border illegally or we'd like the fentanyl they're sending in. I mean, you can't say that. And the talking point that they've had, which was abortion, has basically gone away because it's been answered by the candidates, particularly in New York with Zeldin, saying, look, I'm not going to change the current law. I'm personally pro-life, but New York state law is what I'm going to respect, and I'm not going to try and change it. So the issue has gone away, and uh, you're watching uh, a harbor that was filled with ships at low tide, (laughs) all just sitting there in the mud.
0: How pivotal are the debates? Because there's a lot of them that are coming up. uh, And I think about um, two in particular tomorrow. Um, Lee Zeldin, Kathy Hochul, the one debate uh, that she's agreed to. Also Oz and Fetterman, the one debate that Fetterman's agreed to. How key are these debates this time?
1: Well, I think the Pennsylvania debate is key uh, because everybody wants to know if if Fetterman is alive. alive. And uh, he certainly is going to have to answer a lot of tough questions. The New York debate less so because it really isn't being covered everywhere. Uh, the networks are not covering it, and uh, yeah, I think New York one is. But I think that's it. Am I correct about that?
0: Yeah, so far. But you know, it's interesting. It just basically came together yesterday. So I mean, mm-hmm. they didn't have a lot of time to prepare either.
1: Oh, I see. Well, I think that. Uh, but I think that'll have some effect because it's the first time Hopeful has ever really been. Under scrutiny or under pressure, or people have ever been able to see what she's made of. And of course, in New York, Zeldin uh, is a new name statewide, and I think that it'll have an effect. But I think the main one's going to be the odds campaign. I'm a little worried about that debate because Hillary Clinton once wrote in her book, in one of her early books, that uh, whenever she would give a speech, uh, she called it the talking dog syndrome, which is that she would say something intelligent and people would say oh my god look a woman is saying that how wonderful that is and it's like a talking dog you know you don't much care about the content just that the dog talks and I'm worried about that Fetterman will be in that category and people will say oh look he's not he's getting out of sentence he's saying things completely and uh, regardless of what he's saying but we'll see how that goes Yeah, absolutely. And with
0: the closed closed captioning. I mean, that's a whole other issue, Dick, with the closed captioning that opens up the door so much to see how is that debate going to happen? He's only doing one. It's one hour. Same thing. Ironically, you know, with Hochul and Zeldin, it's like this sort of one hour, different times. So that's good. So we can watch them both. Um, But I do think the debates in many cases could change the dynamics in what are now tight races.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. I think that uh I think that in particular, uh, the opportunity for Oz to get out there and show himself to people uh, when he's been vilified in these ads for month after month after month, and if he doesn't show up in a Turkish fez, it's going to be fine. Everybody will think <laughs> that, You know, oh, he is an American, after all. We will probably end up with 52 or 53 seats. I think uh, Oz is going to win. I think that... Uh, that, we, that Masters will win in Arizona, I think that um, most likely Walker will win after runoff, and that's 52 seats. Uh, 53 possibly because I would not write off Leo Levy in Connecticut. I think she has a shot against Blumenthal, and, of course, Laxalt has a good shot in Nevada. So 53 is really what it adds up to with outside chance at 54.
0: Wow. And that is a biggie because, of course, uh, you know, we just need a few of those uh, for the GOP yes. to take the lead. I want to, before we um, let you go, Dick, I definitely want to talk with you. On the flip side, uh, Democrats have been doing really well with early voting. You had a really powerful common, uh, column here where you talked about just the disparate amount of of early votes that are at least in the democratic column versus the gop column talk about that and why that's so important and our uh, lessons from twenty twenty
1: yeah of the first votes that have been cast 2.1 million have been cast by registered republicans and one point two million by republicans i'm sorry first one two point two point one million by, by democrats and one point two by republicans and uh the Republicans are sort of taking the attitude that, hey, we got burned with early voting in 2020. They were fraudulent. Some of those votes were stolen. Let's not vote until Election Day. And that's like what Mark Twain said. A cat sits down on a hot stove, and will never do it again, but they will never sit down on a cold stove either. (laughs) And I think that that the, the fact that we really need to do early voting because you get about a five percent attrition rate of people who really plan to vote, really plan to vote for you in good faith, and they can't—it snows, or uh, they or they get uh, they get the flu, or their kids are sick, or something happens, and they just can't do it. You know, stuff happens, and there's no backup if you're just going to vote on election day. But if you go in for early voting and you miss a day, you, you do that the next day. And from the party's point of view, the Democrats can always pull them out if they don't vote, and then say, "Hey, you haven't voted yet. We've been at your house five times," uh, and, and I think that that that's it's very important to do the early voting. You don't want to walk into election day ten million votes behind. You really don't.
0: No, that's a great point. And as you talk about uh, in your column, uh, every vote counts. And, you know, there's no margin for error, as you bring up. You know, people, sometimes things happen, the best of intentions. And you're right. Why not go it on all different directions? Do you feel that the GOP will get that message? Uh, They've got, you know, two weeks to do so, a little over two weeks.
1: I I don't know. I've been hollering about it for two days, and I'll keep it at the top of my lungs, and I hope a lot of people hear. It's one of those things where even even if the leadership doesn't get it, Enough of the voters get it, so it makes a difference. In New York State, we have this incredible chance that we haven't had for decades fundamentally to change state government and make New York not one of the ultimate liberal states in the world, a new California, but make it a new Georgia, you know, a new opposition to that stuff. And uh, I think that uh, Hopo and and, uh, Zeldin are basically tied. And uh, I've, I was just speaking today to um, uh, Lawler, who's running against Maloney in Rockland County. And he's ahead, and he thinks that we're about to pick up five new seats in New York State alone, which would mean national national pickup of 40 or 50. So uh, it is very important that we do this. Uh, and I think that we have a unique opportunity here to change change. The fundamental dynamics of our state into a low-tech state, into a uh, pro- and an anti-crime state, uh, one which forces the DAs to live up to their responsibility. I think they can change our lives in such fundamental ways, and it's terribly important to come out and vote early. <laughs>
0: 1000%. So much on the line. Dick Morris, so great to have you here. And everybody, make sure you check out his awesome best selling book, The Return Trump's Big 2024 Comeback. Great to have you on the show, Dick.
1: Thank you, Rita. Bye bye.